Welcome to the Undefeated Podcast with Sara. Did you know that you don't need to live feeling defeated in any area of your life? I believe a huge part of us learning to live from the place of victory is learning to see from God's perspective and discern what's heaven's agenda in this particular season in your life and in the world around you. In this podcast, we will practice discerning what God is doing, both regarding our individual journeys and corporately, so that we can partner with Him in seeing His kingdom come and will be done right now on earth as it is in heaven and live our lives undefeated. God has recently been talking to me about the fact that we should never call ourselves anything besides who he says that we are and that God always calls us according to his original creation order and design and how we are beautifully and wonderfully made and he has actually created us for a purpose and And that if we want to fulfill our assignment and purpose, we actually need to agree with who God says that we are, that we cannot afford to call ourselves anything else. And I, I'd be reading again the story of Gideon. And it's such a fascinating story. And, and I think a lot of us can relate to that. It's like, when God is calling him and it says that the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon and he was actually in the place of hiding from the enemies of Israel when the angel showed up and and the way the angel greeted him was that he said that the Lord is with you, you mighty warrior and actually called Gideon a mighty warrior when he was in a place of fear, anxiety and definitely not acting according to his God-given destiny and calling at that moment. And uh, <laughs> I'm not going to read this whole story, but um, I do want to read a part of it just because it's, it's, I think, in so many ways, amusing story, but also something that I think all of us can relate to. This is from the book of Judges, uh, chapter six, and I'll just read from the verse 11. The angel of the Lord came and sat down under the oak in Ophrah that belonged to Joash to Abiezrite, where his son Gideon was threshing wheat in a wine press to keep it from the Midianites. When the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. And... <laughs> Then he then it continues and I, I love how like this is from the NIV translation. I love how Gideon is here so polite, politely just answering the angel. <laughs> so he goes, Pardon me, my lord, Gideon replied, but if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Where are all his wonders that our ancestors told us about when they said Did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and given us into the hand of Midian. The Lord turned to him and said, 
Go in the strength you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? And again, I, I just think this is so, um, so much like us, like when the angel is like uh, calling Gideon a uh, mighty warrior uh, and is uh, like giving him an assignment, Gideon is feeling so insecure that he just starts asking all these questions of why, but why, and why has this happened? And, and like kind of it's all coming from that place of pain and insecurity inside of him. Uh, and even, even just trying to avoid uh, positioning himself according to God's word that, and owning it like, hey, wow, God is calling me a mighty warrior. That's who I'm supposed to be. And uh, and the angel is like patiently listening here, and and then it's like he's just not gonna have it. He just says like, no, go in the strength you have. Like he's like God has actually given you strength. If God, you know, God has asked the angel to call him a mighty warrior, the angel knows that there is a strength inside of him, and even like the strength is being manifested as he's speaking it out because. None of God's words return void. So if God is calling him a mighty warrior, he's going to be a mighty warrior. <laughs> and, um, but then again, this conversation continues and um, Gideon is speaking here again. Pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied, but how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh and I am the least in my family. The Lord answered, I will be with you. And you will strike down all the Midianites, leaving none alive. Wow. And uh, it's like uh, in, in the place of doubt and fear where Gideon is, uh, he's being affirmed that uh, he is a mighty warrior. And then the angel is also making it super clear that the source of his might is actually coming from God and that the answer to all his question is that I will be with you. That that's, that's where the real victory lies is that God is going to be with him. That's actually what makes him into the mighty warrior. And this reminds me of another story in the Old Testament, which you guys probably also know from the book of Exodus, where uh, when God was calling Moses, and it was actually a very similar situation where uh, Moses was telling God that, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? And, and God said to him that, I will be with you. Like that was the answer that God's presence, that he himself is going with Moses. And, uh, and I think in, in both of these situations, like both of them, probably felt like such cowards and they felt so weak um and uh <laughs> but it was like the words of god and when when god is giving them the assignment uh, and sending them on that assignment that it's his words in who he's calling them to be that's actually what is giving them the strength and the ability to fulfill the assignment, that it's not depending on their own strength, it's not depending on their giftings or talents, but it's on the call of God. And, 
and that the equipping that happens when God is calling you into something. And, and I just love how God loves to show up in our places of weakness and release his grace and his strength over us. Um, there's the verse in Zechariah 4 verse 6 where it says that this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord Almighty. And, and I've been just hearing this verse over and over in my own life that it's, it's not by our might, but it's by his spirit. Like that's the key um, to enter into that place of victory and freedom. And, and there's been so many moments in my own life recently when I have been feeling so weak and so inadequate. And, uh, but realizing that those are the times like when I feel extra weak, uh, that those are the times where we get to experience God's strength and his grace in even more powerful way. And he gets all the glory because we know that we could not have pulled it off in our own strength or our own wisdom or our, using our own resources that we actually need him, that we are utterly dependent on him, on his grace and on his power. And I love how Paul puts it in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9. Um, this is from NIV. Um, he says that, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. And I'm going to read this also from the Amplified Translation because that's also so beautifully put here. But he has said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. My loving kindness and my mercy are more than enough, always available, regardless of the situation. For my power is being perfected and is completed and shows itself most effectively in your weakness. Therefore, I will all the more gladly boast in my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may completely enfold me and may dwell in me. So good. And one more translation. I want to read this from the Passion Translation. It says that, but he answered me, my grace is always more than enough for you. And my power finds its full expression through your weakness. So I will celebrate my weaknesses. For when I'm weak, I sense more deeply the mighty power of Christ living in me. Oh, and I, I love that there's such a relief in knowing that our weakness is not a problem. Your weakness is not a problem. Uh, 
The problem comes when we try to be strong in our own strength. And when, when we want to become real like warriors in the spirit, one of the first things that we need to know is that we are utterly dependent on God. And, and our first priority should actually be to take care of anything that hinders our connection with him. That we are connected to the source, that there's nothing in, that, in the way. And uh, um, I was also this week earlier, a couple of days ago, I was reading uh, the book of Hebrews. And I just want to read from chapter 12. Um, verse 1 from the Passion Translation, it says that as for us, we have all of these great witnesses who encircle us like clouds. So we must let go of every wound that has pierced us and the sin we so easily fall into. Then we will be able to run life's marathon race with passion and determination for the path has been already marked out before us. And I I love this verse so much. Uh, and like how it's actually it's talking about the power of the cross that that's both for for healing and forgiveness. And I, I love how it says that we need to let go of our wounds and our sin and and that the cross actually dealt with any sin that has been done against you and it actually provides healing for those wounds that have been caused by other people's sins against you and also the cross dealt with any sin that we have committed against anyone else like the cross has said it all the cross has dealt with all of the pain all of the sin all the effects of the sin and and I, I just, it is, there is nothing more beautiful than the cross, that there's actually both forgiveness and healing that are in the same package for us. And, uh, and that, uh, like, I think the revelation that, uh, that because of the cross, not only that we need to let go of the wounds, but the cross gives us the power to let go of the wounds that uh, and the things that have actually hurt us and and I have been feeling so convicted about that um, that truth recently even that uh, like I feel like the Holy Spirit is saying like stop rehearsing the memory of the wounds and <laughs> and the memory of the times where you got hurt like it's like you're poking the wound over again and trying to be like does it still hurt does it still hurt like like that's not gonna be helpful you're just scratching the wound open over and over when you are rehearsing the painful memory in your mind but actually you have an invitation and permission to let go of the wound and and just give it to Jesus and that he's the one who has already paid the full price so that you could have the healing and you could have the freedom. And, and that Jesus was actually the one who was pierced for our transgressions so that we would have peace. And not only that, but his wounds actually carry the power 
to heal our wounds, both physical but also emotional wounds, if we just let him. And um, in Isaiah 53 verse 5, this is from NIV, it says that, but he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him and by his wounds we are healed. Wow, and and I think this is this is I mean this is the gospel, but this is the key how we can become mighty warriors and and be those spiritual warriors, warriors in the spirit is that we actually recognize the finished work of the cross, that what the cross has actually already won for us. And, uh, and I think it was Lisa Bevere who recently said somewhere that uh, what the cross has done for you is far greater than anything that anyone else has done to you. So the cross is so much greater than any hurt or any wound or any pain that um, Jesus actually carried all of it um, so that we would not have to do that. And uh, um, another key that I was thinking about, like, how do we become those mighty warriors in the spirit is uh, that we, we are learning to take our own thoughts captive um, like I said, like that we stop rehearsing the painful memories or going over and over things of the past, but uh, or even any lies or accusations of the enemy in our in our thought life. In in Second Corinthians ten, verses three to five, it says, um, "Is from NIV that for though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does." The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Wow, so that's our part uh, that we actually, uh, with the help of the Holy Spirit, that we take captive our thoughts so that our thoughts are in alignment with the truth of Christ and, and in the place of obedience to Christ in every area. And an, another chapter um, in Ephesians 6 also talks about uh, how we are, the ways that we are supposed to be warriors and, uh, and be in that place of complete covering. Um, it's talking about the armor of God. And I just want to read this over you as well. It's verses 10 through 18. It's from NIV again. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. 
For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything to stand. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Wow, that should preach, <laughs> right? Um, and I love how this passage again, it says that be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. That we are not asked to somehow muster up the strength from our own uh, own spirit or our own soul but we actually get to be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power yeah and and I I know this passage would be a whole like I could spend a lot of time just going through this whole armor but but I'm just gonna leave it there for now and um but I one of the things that I feel like really did get highlighted is that uh, the praying in the spirit. We actually we just had a meeting with my leadership team with, uh, for the healing rooms dance, and, and we just spent some time praying in the spirit, praying for one another, and covering all our dancers. and And it was like we could feel the atmosphere shift when we started speaking, speaking in tongues, and praying in the spirit, and making declarations and. And literally feeling the strength of God coming in the room in the midst of many of our leaders walking through difficult things. And it was like we get to we don't have to pretend that we are somehow stronger than we are. We get to confess our weakness to God, but then we get to invite his strength into that place of weakness. And I. I also I just want to read a couple of beautiful quotes by Graham Cook again um, on this topic of being a warrior in the spirit. Um, so this first one is from a book called The Way of the Warrior. Um, and he goes, In the heat of battle, when faced with difficult circumstances, contending against impossible odds, Warriors call up the majesty and supremacy of God that is already present in the secret place of their spirit. They have a warrior's perception of the reality of God in the midst of provocation, attack, and opposition. And there's another uh, quote by him that says that spiritual warriors have a persistency in the spirit 
we can tell the quality of someone's inner life by the amount of opposition it takes to discourage them. And, and another one um, that's from a book called Qualities of a Spiritual Warrior. There's a place in the spirit set aside for us where we make the enemy confused. We weary him by our rest. We discourage him by our faith. We demoralize him with our joy. We depress him by our endurance. He is dispirited by our favor, defeated by our grace. Warriors win by staying fresher, longer. Wow. Um, and that all comes from that place of connecting with the Holy Spirit. And one last quote by Graham Cook, I think this one is my favorite out of all of this. It says that spiritual warriors are totally convinced that the Father is utterly incapable of letting them down. Oh, and that that should be like the posture of our hearts uh, where we actually get to fully depend on our good, good father. That we know that he's utterly incapable of letting us down. And that's the place of actually be becoming strong in the spirit that we know who he is we know who he is for us wow and, and we get to actually lean on him lean on his strength and um one final thought before i finish this episode was uh um i was thinking back um to something that uh one of our pastors here jason valentin um, shared one time um, and I, I don't remember the exact quote but uh, it was something along these lines he said that I have faced battles that are bigger than me but I have never faced a battle that's bigger than my family and and I was thinking about that like how spiritual warriors actually cover and protect one another and that we are actually called to live in the family uh, and in those places where one individual is walking through something hard and difficult and challenging that those are the moments where we not only uh, not only that person gets to lean on the Lord but they actually get to lean on one another that we as the family of God that we are called to carry one and each other's burdens and and uh, be the ones who hold each other's hands in the moment where you need strength and you need courage and um and i my prayer for you you today is that uh god would first of all like just fill you with his presence and strengthen your inner man uh, just pour out his presence into your heart in such a tangible way but I also pray that you would be surrounded 
by other spiritual warriors who who you get to lean on, that you would be placed in a family of life givers, that you wouldn't be just surrounded by people who suck life out of you, but you would be surrounded by people who actually are that source of God's strength, that they are connected to that uh, uh, stream of life coming from the throne of God uh, that continuously strengthens us. Uh, yeah, so Holy Spirit, I, I just thank you for what you are doing right now, how you are bringing grace and strength into our hearts, into our lives. I thank you that it's not by might, it's not by power, but it's by your spirit. And, and Lord, I, I thank you that we get to delight in our weakness because that's the place where we get to lean on your strength even more. And Lord, we we happily confess that we are so weak. We are so weak without you. And Lord, we need you. We are utterly dependent on your strength, on your grace. And I thank you, Jesus. I thank you for the cross, that your cross has dealt with anything that could ever separate, separate us from your presence, that your cross has dealt with all sin, your cross has dealt with all the wounds, that there is complete forgiveness, there's complete healing by the cross yeah and thank you thank you God that even now you are pouring out your presence and and that you are uh, you are just drawing us so near so near to you thank you Jesus yeah Thank you, God, that you are utterly incapable of letting us down. And so we lean on you. We lean on your love. Yeah. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen.